0: bag is brought to you by express vpn your data is your business protect it with express vpn for three extra months free with a one-year package go to the link listed in my twitter profile all right very sad day for the uh the pittsburgh area for for steeler nation and for for penn state nation what do what they call what, what is the penn state fans called is yeah no state- i
1: mean i guess you know nittany lion nation or happy yeah. valley whatever you yeah. you know um, um I mean, you figure it's it, they do still have the largest alumni network in the country, um, you know. And I, my, my really? feed today was filled uh, with Franco pictures. You know, I mean, their kids, Penn Staters, um, just I could unbelievable. You know, um, how many people had a chance to meet him in their life? He was. He was definitely a guy, Joe, unlike, and I'm not saying this is wrong. Cause you know, when you get to be that famous, you probably start to be a little bit of a recluse too, but he never hid from his fame. He was always out there, always visible uh, to everyone. Um, And you know, that's why you have so many people, with so many pictures and so many autographs from, him, cause he never said no. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's nothing. It's any of the other guys. Um He's just made himself more accessible than I think any professional athlete I've ever seen, even never, outside of Pittsburgh.
0: He never got tired of it. I heard like if there would be like an autograph signing or something, it would take forever because he would talk to all everybody that's that came, you know, he would he would spend time with them um, The um, on a on a NFL network on good morning football this morning. Kyle Brandt said that um, he went to college the same time that um, Franco's kid went to college and they're moving in at the same time and he sees Franco Harris and he just goes up to him and is like, Hey, are you Franco Harris? He's like, Yeah. He's like, Hey, can you tell me about the Immaculate Reception? And, and and he and Franco just started talking about it. It's like, how many times did someone come up to Franco and say, Hey, can you talk about the Immaculate Reception? Some people would say, you know what? I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm so sick of it. But he he embraced that. He loved that and, and he loved just just sharing about it. And, and just, just sharing himself with people. That was amazing. We, one of my
1: favorite Franco stories, uh, it was in 1998. And uh, I was actually doing, I was kind of like a student reporter back then. And we, we did a story. They, they, the Canton football hall of fame was doing a uh, a little bit of a segue and story on some Penn state football players that were in Canton. And of course, Franco was invited to come speak to that being one of them and, and probably arguably the most famous and, and probably in Pittsburgh proper the only true Nittany line I was probably ever liked. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, other than I mean Fryer, you yeah, but I mean, Franco, geez. So we we do our thing at the hall, and that year, Anthony, I, I don't know who the whole class was, but I remember Anthony Munoz and Dwight Stevenson were inducted that year, and um, we were we had done our thing already, and, and uh, they got those guys were there because they were doing a final fitting for the jackets. Uh, the ceremony was in August. We were there in like late June. So they're doing like the final fitting for the jackets, I believe is what it was. And he walked up to Anthony Munoz and he he told him, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you're going in because you're one of the best I ever saw play. And Anthony Munoz, if you remember probably one of the greatest tackles ever big yes. dude, even bigger than Franco got like emotional over that. Wow. Uh, so we all leave and we are this rented Chevy suburban or whatever it was. And we're going down the Ohio turnpike and uh, he says, you know, I need, I need a bathroom break. So we pull off in this, uh, one of those Ohio turnpike, rest stops or whatever it was. And we go in and it's like for June, it was, it was like almost 90. It was brutally hot that day. (coughs) Excuse me. And we go in and uh, there's like an orange Julius or something there. And he goes, I need a drink. Drinks are on me. So we get in the back of this line because it was so hot. Uh, And it was a Friday. I remember being a Friday and there were lines forever. Uh, And there was like another thing, like a pretzel thing, maybe a Sabaro. I can't remember what it was. So we're standing back in line. We're like 20 deep. And he gets out of line, he he walks up and he he pulls the girl down to the end of the counter and he gives her a lot of cash. I so still don't know to this day how much he goes, pay for everybody until you get to me. And then he goes wow. down to the people in the Savaro, whatever it was, I'm not sure what it was. Um, and and does the same thing. So, as of course, because he's Franco, he just sticks out. A couple of people started to recognize him. And they come up to him, and I'm with these other guys, a couple of other reporter guys, and uh we're sitting there like, oh my gosh! And uh, we were there for like an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> but the thing was, the, the one guy had talked to him for a while, and he's and, he, and a, a Franco signed like an orange Julius napkin for him or something. And he he comes out, and the one guy I was with says, he says, "Boy, I was cool." He's you get to talk his ear off. He goes, "No," he goes, "Honestly, he wouldn't shut up." Uh, and so, <laughs> was, and that's like you hear that like Franco would talk to you forever. Um, we we did a a fundraiser uh, down in. Uh, at the at the time, Jerome Bettis's place, the restaurant there. Uh, and Brandon Short was there, and I forget who else, but uh a lady came up and she was from Fort Dix, New Jersey, and that's where he was from. His, and like his, where
0: he was born, yeah.
1: Yeah, like she graduated, I think like two or three years before him or something. And like they were like they talked for like 25 minutes, <laughs> and we're like sitting there because we had some stuff to do with him yet on some fundraising and him, him to speak. Uh well, those two like were talking for a half an hour. Uh, so that's just the kind of guy he was. And um he the thing about franco is he never hid from that limelight not that other guys did you'd occasionally see your mel blunts out there and your jack hams but think about who you never saw you really never see like a jack lambert you never see some of those guys and that's nothing against them at all uh but franco embraced this culture the yinzers the franco's italian army he embraced that unlike anyone else um and I think what he did was just catapult the Steelers to front first place because before that immaculate reception in 71, the Pirates won the World Series. The Pirates were still the number one team in town. He makes the immaculate reception. A week later, tragically, Roberto Clemente dies. And I really think that's where the Steelers leapt over the Pirates and they've been there ever since. you know. And now you can say, well, the Penguins have worked their way into that, obviously, but um, the Steelers are... The number one sports team is town. I think it started with that. So not only you think all the things that, that that play represents, but I think that the most thing it brought the Steelers to the forefront and to the town that loves them now.
0: Let's look at where the Steelers were before, let's say, BF, before Franco. Um, obviously, for basically from the beginning of, of their Whenever you know 1930s when they started until chuck knoll came they were a joke they were basically i don't even want to say the detroit Lions of, of, of football they were they were a joke they were an absolute joke they were they, they were not competitive at all i think they had like one playoff game in the 40s or something like that they, right. they lost 21 nothing or something like that they yep. were they were an absolute joke and then and then chuck Noll comes and then mean joe green comes but still they were they were losing and then um and then they started to get good in in, in 1972 when they and, and and this is this is something you hear. I, I I think I've heard it from Angel Green. I think I've I've heard it from um I forget which which member of the Rooney family said this like before Franco, we lost all the time. After Franco, we won all the time. It was almost that simple. That was yeah. almost, that was the line. Um, but when the you know, and, and you say, Well, who cares about the Immaculate Reception? They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. They went on the net. the very next week. They went to, to Miami and lost to that. That was the undefeated, undefeated Miami um, Dolphins team. So yeah. who cares? They didn't even win the Super Bowl the next year. They it was two years. You know who who cares about you know why was the Immaculate reception that big of a deal? Because like you said, it tur- it turned the Steelers into they they weren't just they weren't just a team that started winning. They were like they were becoming legends.
1: It, it, it started the identity, and it just really – the icon, the legend, it all started there. And I, I I saw something on Good Morning Football, too. They were talking about how it was their number one play, because obviously NFL Network, and they're referring to their own selves like they like to do. They're talking about how this was our number one play, the greatest play in NFL history when they did it 100 years. And I took a quick look at that list, and what stuck out to me there, Joe, was there were some other great players on the list, some future Hall of Famers like Franco, but a lot of guys on that list, a lot of guys – were one hit wonders like John Taylor's catch uh, in the Super Bowl against the Bengals, um, the uh, Desmond Howard uh, that those two great quarters he had of his life,
0: the, 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 the Packers' the, the great returns, yeah, yeah, uh, David Bowl.
1: Tyree's head catch, right. Um, right, all great plays. Franco's play wasn't a one hit wonder. If anything, it made him the legend that he is. He kept on being better after that, and just grew into a, an icon where a lot of those guys didn't. You know, or they didn't grow from that play. It was just part of their 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 structure, part of their career. You're Franco's right. play launched him. You're um, right.
0: The, yeah, and he never looked back. Yeah, um, he wasn't just that play. He was one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, top twenty, probably all time. Yeah. Um, he he rattled off, I believe six consecutive thousand yard rushing seasons i believe yeah um, and and this is this is in a 14 game season too this isn't um uh, you know he was at the time uh after after oj simpson retired he was the second most active or pro, maybe the the, the 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 player with the the most active rushing yards he was right behind jim brown for most rushing yards of all time and that at that time the jim brown rush career rushing yards record was like considered like a really big deal and it was between franco and walter payton and yeah. so so this is yeah bottom line he was not just uh he was not just a great that play he was a he was one of the best running backs of the seventies, one of the best running backs of all time. Very accomplished, made multiple All Pros, Pro Bowls. Um, and then what he did in the postseason: sixteen touchdowns in the postseason. Uh,
1: yeah, amazing! The one hundred and fifty-two yards he had in their first Super Bowl against a Vikings defense that I believe three of those four front defensive end are in the hall of fame
0: purple people leaders. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, that was no shabby defense. That was a tremendous defense uh, that he did that against. And he, I remember we we were doing another uh, segment where we, we had some people in, we had Jack ham there. We had Franco. I think we had another uh, couple Penn state athletes in there. Those two strike out to me. Uh, and Franco did a little bit of speak and Jack, Jack ham said, you know, you sell yourself too short. He said, Your rookie season, you averaged five yards of carry. And he said, you know what? He said, you know what we did back then? Everybody ran the ball. He said, you always think, well, three yards in a cloud of dust is associated with this team or that team. He said, everybody was a three yards cloud of dust. You ran the ball. If you threw the ball for 200 yards in a game, that was like amazing or unheard of. And he said, and here's Franco. Everyone's trying to stop him. He's still running five, you know, five and a half or whatever it was, yards per game. That's how good he was. That was his rookie year.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was. It, it, it was. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I think it was. was his, go ahead. No, go, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think his style too, Joe. Like you watched any game film of him? It's kind of like a, a Barry Sanders thing. I, I've never seen anybody since Barry run like Barry Sanders did. Uh, and Walter Payton was probably a hybrid, I guess. The closest guy I can even think of is maybe Eddie George because he was as tall. He's that six three, six four. So swift. He's the only guy I can think of that I've seen that runs uh, like Franco. And, and like I told you earlier, um, sometimes with athletes, when you watch things on TV versus being in person, when you were with Franco, he was just a big dude, um, six three. Every bit of it just stood tall, um, moved big, looked the broad shoulders, not not heavy set. Just he looked like a great athlete. And he, he and he and Mel Blunt, up to like even in the early 2000s, it looked like they could go still play. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it was just amazing uh, to me. But um, yeah, you know, he, that play and what it did for this, all the memorabilia you have in your back wall. I always tell you, I'm jealous of that. I got to have that someday. I have it. I still don't have it up. Um, the shirts we're wearing now, the terrible towels. Uh, what I hope, Joe, and it's a, big, it's a big wish. Saturday, there's just, n- at least before today, tragically, there wasn't a lot of reasons to be there on Saturday night. You have two teams that are six and eight, probably not making the playoffs, no shot. Um, two teams that are subpar. Speaking of subpar, it's going to be like six. It's, it's Christmas agreed. Eve. Yeah, There's every reason in the world not to go to that game. I hope... And I, I should—I should maybe I'm being hypocritical because I can't—I know I can't make it. I hope that they turn out and they fact pack that place. I know it's a big ask.
0: Just the as a yeah, just as a, as as a memorial to him. Um, you know, obviously they scheduled this game because it's the 50th anniversary right. of the Immaculate Reception, but now it's taken on a greater importance. Now yeah. it's. You know, it's not so much a celebration; it's a memorial. It's 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 a remembrance of Franco, and it's going to take a whole different tone. And I, you know, we were joking before. I was like, oh, there's no way those are going to lose the Immaculate Reception game. There is no way in hell. I hope very much that they are so inspired that they win this game for Franco.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get all of his quote, but I thought Mike Tomlin had a pretty good quote about that. He he was actually a little emotional when he said it about we're preparing the way we should prepare to honor a guy like that, Yes. Yes. you know? um, So I I would go with what you're saying there. It's gotta be true. They gotta be coming out there, you know, despite the temperature and everything they're going to come out to play. Um, And, you know, it's funny. I I didn't get to hear a lot of it. I heard some of it today during work. Um, A lot of the local media were able to grab a lot of the players from that time for interviews today, because they're all in town. Right. For that ceremony. Uh, I did hear Jack Ham a little bit saying it. He was just basically couldn't believe he was doing the interview he was doing today because he couldn't believe he was, he was here for a whole other reason. And yeah. now, you know, uh, now I mean, um, uh, just I, I saw that I know they canceled the one event already at the Heinz History Museum. Uh, I think that was tomorrow or Friday morning, I believe. Um, But, yeah, you just wonder how they're going to continue it through. I, I'd love to see – hopefully Steelers are wearing, like, a number 32 sticker or something. And I would imagine they would. All yeah. of a sudden, like, you – I hate to admit it, but I was sitting there like, yeah, I'll watch the Steeler games, you know, Christmas Eve. At least I'll see bits and pieces and hope to catch the Franco thing. Now I'm going to be, like, glued because I just – you know, um you could argue he's the greatest Steeler of all time. And, and I think you'd have a good –
0: you know, I know there's a lot of them. I would, I would say, Mean Joe Green is is the greatest, and maybe you could put Brashaw up there. But you could argue that Franco is the most beloved Steeler of all time.
1: I would agree. Um, I, I really would. And, uh, yeah, it's just, um, man, we lost an icon today. We lost a legend, and it's. I think, even talk to, talk, talking to some of my fellow Penn Staters and Penn State Alumni Association members today, it's like we're so used to him being a part of our coming year for certain things and him not being there that there's events built around him. Um, and he, he was, he never would say no, he would never, you would hardly ever say, well, I've got this and, you know, talk to my agent. No, nope. Even if someone
0: else, even if he, if he wasn't scheduled, someone else was scheduled and they, you know, they couldn't make it or something <laughs> like that. He, they, they call him last minute and and, and he'd show up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, I, you pick up so many stories from him. Like, uh, I know the one story he told, and I didn't know this until he actually told the story. And he didn't know it until like late in his rookie year, but Chuck Noll didn't want him. Chuck Noll wanted, uh, I think it was Robert or Tim Newsom. I can't remember which one.
0: Robert Newsom, I think is. Yeah. And,
1: and Dan Rooney Jr. or uh, Art Rooney Jr. and Dick Hoke were like, no, 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 you you want this kid. And Chuck Noll famously told them, you better be right about this guy. And they took Franco.
0: The crazy thing is, and at Penn State, he was blocking for Lydell Mitchell. He yes. wasn't the main guy. No. Although he put up good numbers.
1: He did. He did. But yeah, Lydell Mitchell was like the the, the, the down the, the zone guy, uh, first and you know, first and goal. Um, and yeah, here he was. Um, and I and I'm not trying to make it all like a Penn State thing, but he he's often always said that the reason he went for that ball is, you know, that was something Joe Paterno had told him go to the ball when in doubt. He just went to the ball. And Rocky Blair talks about that a lot. Of time like we're all standing there. You know, and here's Franco saying, I'm go, I mean, just coming out of nowhere, grabbing this ball. And he said, We're all standing there. And he just, he's the only guy on the field. Um, and then I like how Franco would always say, too, that Jack Tatum, a regular defensive back, would have just broken up the play. Exactly. If Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum had to
0: go for the big hit because that's what hit, he did. He somebody. was a headhunter.
1: Yeah. And here comes the ball. Yeah. So yeah, I, I.
0: Boy, we we could do like two shows just about this alone. I don't know if I don't know how old you are. Um, I wasn't born at the time, but I was there. I was at the, at the, at the Immaculate, uh, Every how many people, how many people do you was like, Oh yeah, I was there. I was like, really? <laughs> cause it didn't even sell out. Okay. Right. There's like 80,000 people were there. Or, right, yeah. right. Everyone's been to that thing. Everyone's yeah. been there. Everyone yeah. was there. sure. Or well, they say, Oh yeah, well I watched it on TV. Right. Like, well, maybe, if, maybe if you weren't to Pittsburgh, cause it didn't show, it didn't air on TV in, in Pittsburgh because it, oh. it, it didn't sell out.
1: Not in Allegheny County. Yeah. Like uh, where I grew up in Mercer County. It did. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I forget, um, I think it was Dan Marino, uh at one of the one of the charity things we we're at it was Dan Marino, Tony Saragusa, Franco was there. And uh, Dan Marino and his friends, uh, they were somehow to get able to get their aerial on the south side to turn to catch the the West Virginia broadcast. I think it was NBC. They were able to turn the aerial and pick up the West Virginia broadcast. Oh, wow. So they could, so they, could, <laughs> they said there's like 75 people in the house. We started with like 10. And, you know, because they're on the phone, like, I got it. I have it. Come over. Yeah. You know, it's,
0: yeah. Um, yeah it's, it, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but, and not only that, but the people that were at the game, a lot of them left because yeah. it was seven to six Oakland. Cause uh, stabler ran like 30 yards for a touchdown. It was at the, at the time it was, it was, it was, it was kick, 70, field 77 seconds left. Yeah. 77 seconds left. Yep. It's like, and people laughed. People were like, you know, you know how people are. People, people do that to this day. It's like, Oh, beat the traffic go. It's so a lot of the miss. I, I, I believe, um, Art Rooney was in the elevator. Art Rooney was in the elevator. <laughs> in the elevator yeah. Didn't <laughs> even get to see it. He just heard a roar.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, Franco crashes down there and famously hugs Tony Parisi, the, uh, equipment manager for all those years. Uh, and I think that was the other thing too. I mean, you know, um, I remember Jack Ham talking about that, like they were dejected. He said, look, I always play to the last play of the game and all that. He said, but you know, I'm a realist and we're all over there on the bench, you know, like we tried, you know, cause they were blitzing on that play and I forget the defensive end's name. It escapes me. He's that. a backup, he's backup
0: defensive end. He's yeah, a backup defensive he's end. got like- caught <laughs>
1: off in a broken containment. All the <laughs> linebackers and defensive backs have their backs to him. And Kenny Stabler, probably one of the true first, really mobile quarterbacks yeah, yeah. Y- you know you let him go forget it uh and you know he's down there and it, yeah uh they they really thought they were going to shut them out and they they had done everything they could until that one play yep. and yeah. yeah and yeah so there's so much just no one of those you look at that list there's a lot of great stuff i mean david tyree's got to be up there because He's. They stopped the Patriots. The hated Patriots. The cheated Patriots. And it was amazing play. It was, it was amazing. amazing play. catch, yeah. Every Steeler fans were jumping up their couches because they. You know, I mean, it was a great play, and then it was over. We're having a podcast just on this alone. They've made documentaries on this alone.
0: They've written books. About this play. There's a statue. There's, <laughs> there's a, a statue, statue at the airport about it. There's a monument where it happened on, you know, on the way to, to, uh, yes. at, to, to whatever the hell the stadium is called. I now. mean, it, it,
1: there's, there's 100 greatest plays. There's the immaculate reception and 99 pretty darn That's good right. ones. That's right. That's and right. it's just, you know, and it was the guy that did it right. It wasn't like Frenchie Fuqua took it in. It was Franco Harris, yeah. you know? Yeah. No offense,
0: yeah. Frenchie. <laughs> well, Frenchie's always, <laughs> he always, he always has, it's like he keeps it secret whether he touched the ball first. Yeah. Or we Bro, we have, we, we, we saw what happened. We, have, we, we saw have it. The, video. The, the thing I love, though, is you always see the same two um, shots. You see, you see the throw, you see the hit, then you see. Off to, the, off to the side, you see, you know, Franka running to the touchdown. Then you see the other one where it shows in slow motion where he's going down to pick it up. But there is actually an angle that shows the entire play. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's perfect. It's like it, it, you see exactly what happened. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Raiders. Uh, On you your know. Twitter account today, I,
1: I thought it was a pretty good point. And I, I thought, not that it's a competition. I thought you put this out there before anybody else said it. Uh, you'd you'd mentioned about this remind you a lot of Willie Stargell when he passed away, I believe the day they opened PNC Park. Yeah. Um, and I I I, I thought you were hundred well, I'll give you 98% because the only thing I'd say was a little bit different on that was Willie had really fallen out of the limelight for the first for the last couple of years going into that. He had
0: been sick. You didn't see him as much. He was in poor health, so yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't a total surprise that he and he was old and he he was in poor health. Yeah, Yeah. they were they were they were they they was opening the first day first day of of PNC Park and was also they are unveiling his statue, right? And he and and he passed away.
1: It was just as sad, but like I then I saw somebody else tweet. I just they taken a picture with Franco like on Tuesday, outside of the Robinson Mall. (laughs) Like (laughs) there's Franco walking through the Robinson Mall. You know, there's other guys that send people to get stuff. Not frankly, Um, he's just walking through the
0: Robinson Mall. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you. you, you, We had no idea. We had no idea. He looked. He looked just fine. He. Yeah, this is a this is a complete complete surprise. So. so.
1: Yeah, obviously your heart breaks and your first condolences go out to his family. Uh, and, um, but I I do feel for like the Steelers organization. I think this has got to be, just almost heart-wrenching to go from all these plans they had for saturday they've got to be reviewing every single thing and trying to figure out yes. what to do the, the, what, you, what should
0: we do what should you, we you, do now you throw out what you had and you basically start all over and i'm sure they'll come up with something amazing because not only was it that the the anniversary of the immaculate reception they were going to retire his number yes so now that takes on much more uh, significance and perspective.
1: Yeah. I drove by the stadium today. I, I saw them unveil. They put the giant 32s out like all around the stadium. There's these mm-hmm. massive, uh, you know, in the block numbering, which is always the best numbering. Oh, yes. As far as yes. I'm concerned at Rod Woodson, Jersey back there's, you know, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I almost can't wait to see it in a way, but with such a heavy heart uh, now um, and what they're going to do.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um another thing is he actually made friends with some of the the, the players on that Raiders team. I think his name is Villapiano or something like that. I think I think he's going to be there. Yeah. Um the, the Raiders um Trying, trying, trying to keep it together. Um, the Raiders put out a um a very nice, respectful tweet of of you know sending their condolences. There were so many. Mike Rabel, the coach of the Titans, who was a Steeler for a while, he he had a press conference today and he mentioned uh the passing of Franco and how much you know how much it, how important he was when he was playing for the Steelers. How important Franco was. So this is, I mean, this this had this was far reaching to to all parts of the football world.
1: It it really was. Uh, I saw that. I saw James Franklin. He, the only reason they had a press conference say this guy is I think they leave today to go to the, to Pasadena and he, he got choked up and he talked about Nick Singleton, one of the uh, best backs in the country. Freshman Franco uh, Franco came and saw him just arbitrarily just walked into practice one day this past summer camp just walked in, you know, had a Penn state polo on and went up to him and talked to him for a while. And, uh yeah, I mean it's so far reaching, Joe. So far reaching. I mean, it was it was um before I left the house this morning, it was breaking news on Good Morning America. Wow. I mean, you know, Mike Strahan took a couple minutes and talked about it. Robin Roberts did. Um yeah, that's why to me it's like he's just so you're probably right, it's Joe Green, but man, he's a strong second place, if not uh, you know, right there. Um somebody put a beautiful picture. Uh, down at, at the Immaculate Reception statue today. And I saw it on Twitter a little bit ago. Someone took a picture of it. It's like two hands reaching out. And it looks like maybe from heaven, I guess. I'm not Aww. too sure. And it's got Franco running through the hands, making the catch. And, and just um, the next couple of days will be very telling. I think we'll hear so many more stories like we're hearing now. Um, and I'm sure there's people out there whose lives he's touched in ways that they aren't even knowing. Them. Maybe never will be. Um, uh, but he was just that guy.
0: The area, the the, the area of that that little monument to the, the Immaculate reception is basically becoming. You know, so many people are putting flowers, terrible towels, yes. basically making 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 that a, a memoriam and a, and a tribute. Um, another thing about Franco was he was definitely uh, a, a man of principle. He had he was very he had very strong beliefs about certain things. Uh, one of them was basically defending Joe Paterno yes and he was he's he's always been in Paterno's corner and always supported him I I, I guess for a while he was carrying around a, a, a cardboard cutout of Joe Paterno or yeah he was like that yeah um and that wasn't easy to do at the time Joe oh no no uh, everybody at the height that. of
1: that I mean it was like um uh, that was so emotional for me it was so hard you struggled inside with everything was going on and um, cause you represent it as, as a you know person of that university. And he was so steadfast right from the beginning that look, you got it wrong. And, 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 and now it's shown it. you know, a lot of it was wrong. And, uh, their main guy that testified, he, he gave seven different versions of his testimony. Uh, and, 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 you know, I mean, Hey, what it, it was awful. It shouldn't have happened. Um, but to align yourself with Joe at that time that it, it shows, such tremendous loyalty that he had, and he shared that same loyalty with Pittsburgh and the Steelers.
0: Um, you know, so, um, in 1997, uh, courts determined that the Ku Klux Klan could hold a rally outside of the city county building in Pittsburgh. He was so upset about this that he basically just stayed there. And would not leave. Nope. He held like a one-person protest and said, I will not stand for this. I'm not leaving. And uh the mayor went to him and said, Can you go, please? Can you go? I am I'm worried about your safety and that this isn't really you, you really should go. And then uh the mayor talked to uh Dan Rooney <laughs> and and they came over, and I forget it was Dan Rooney and I think the um the, the PR person, Joe Gordon or something. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was someone else yeah. and they finally convinced him. Well, we'll, 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 we'll protest another way, but maybe you should go, but he stayed there for, for a long time. He brought food, water, a book to read. He was planning to spend a night. Um, and, and he, and he refused to budge. He was, he was definitely a, a person of principle. He, um, uh, he, he, he campaigned for, for certain political candidates. Mm hmm. Um, and then he didn't, uh, there was a whole thing with the, uh, <laughs> he wanted, he wanted Harris to, uh, get the, uh, the casino, which was, which was, a uh, uh, that, was, that, yeah. Yeah, that was a sore subject. Yeah. But there's uh, a
1: certain Pittsburgh shock jock that, you know, we all know <laughs> that that really ticked him off and started, I, and it's funny. So I was with, with Franco for a fundraiser and we about half an hour before we had to go out, uh, and he was supposed to go out to a crowd. Um, And we were just talking and I I posted on Facebook this morning like he knew my son's name. I'm trying not to get choked up. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, it's and tough. he, you know, enough that the last time I saw him, he's like, how's Liam? Aww. Like, how do you remember? Because I mean, of like all the
0: of millions of people he met, he still remember. He still yeah, remembers things like it's that. not like we were best friends. I would never make that claim.
1: Just we, we did so many different things together and just talked over time. But anyway, I asked him, how does that bother you? Because, he, you know, it's he kind of that that shock jock gave him kind of a uh, I thought a mean name and, and free meal Franco. Right. And he's and he, right. he, he kind of laughed. He said, you know what? No, he said, it just proves to me that I think I, I know what I've been doing all these years is right. And uh, yeah, there's he goes, but let me tell you something. You can only eat so many stuffed chickens in your life. And, <laughs> and, and he said, uh, but. No, I just, you know, I'm proud of what I've done and where I've been. He said, Darren, I've spoken at a lot of Penn state stuff, a lot of Steeler stuff, but you know what? I've also spoken for homeless and I've spoken at like, uh, ducks unlimited dinners and, and, and all these little things that you add up, uh, you know, little sisters of the poor, uh, he, you know, it's just, and I'm just sitting there like, wow, what a beautiful person. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can sit here and talk about that catch all day long and and the, the super bowl runs and everything he did on the field and uh, and how bad he looked in that seattle seahawks uniform oh uh, and, and uh worst worst ever that is to me that's the height of like the you know they always say like well show a picture of the guy that doesn't belong that was right right like johnny um, United
0: you know, ended up with the chargers and, yeah, Smith ended up with the, and the Cardinals yeah. and yeah but yeah. so franco um, in that seahawks uniform yeah. was just oh it's like it's but, like I, a, Alternate universe thing, right? Or so, there's all that
1: stuff we can discuss, but uh, without the helmet and the pads, I think he was even more impressive without the helmets and pads. Than he was with them.
0: Um, you know, the Steeler organization is known to be something of high class and um, and, and honor, and one of the reasons is people like Franco who say okay yeah you could be a player you're a player you do you do your thing on the field and stuff but off the field you also should be should do a lot um and and you know that's carried on i mean look at cam hayward look at you know look look at all the you know uh the people that have won the the walter payton man of the year i believe Dennis won it i believe um you know yeah. to carry that tradition to say yes you to be you, you do your best on the field but off the field also be an example you know use your platform to, to to do good in the community and stuff like that and he is a perfect example of
1: that and I, I like where you're going with that joe and i'm not sure you were technically going this way but man if if there's anybody else worthy of having an award named after him and what he's done it's franco harris yes uh, he could easily yes. be it could be the walter it could be the franco harris yes award and nothing against walter payton i, I love walter payton um but he's yeah he's that he's that same caliber that same mix um that's why cam hayward got real emotional talking about him today um you know uh so uh, yeah um it's 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 hard it's sad uh my wife i've always said about my wife my wife i I married a great wife she uh so she's not a gigantic sports intelligence you know but she will watch just about anything um even she got sad. You know, she knew who Franco was, knew what he meant. Um, it wasn't like I had to say, hey, this guy passed away. And she goes, who is he again? It, I mean, it was just right, she knew right away. Right.
0: We all you know. know. We all yeah, know. Yeah, my, my dad and my, I, I were
1: texting each other. I'm sure if your dad, God bless his soul, was, was still alive. I, I I was thinking about that today when I was driving about your dad. Was your dad a member of the Franco's Italian
0: Army? He was not. Oh, yeah. um, he, he was not. Been like, But. My mom might have been because <laughs> she she um <clears throat> a, at the time she worked in a uh a tailor shop in Shady Side and she made suits for Franco. She met Franco and Franco would come in to get the suits, trying to keep it together, yeah <laughs> and uh and she would talk to him and Franco is half a his mother is an Italian immigrant, Yeah. and and his his father was African American that was a soldier stationed in Italy, and that's how he met his mother. And then, after the war, brought her brought her here, and and they I I I, uh, I and then they 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 I guess they grew up in in New Jersey. Yeah. So that's the whole Franco's Italian army. It's like like what when when we found I guess what they when they found out it's like. Oh, he's half Italian too. Okay. Well, we're adopting him. And now you're 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 one of us. And uh and he would come to pick up the suits. And my mom would say, Hey, how's it? Feel? How's it feeling in Paisan? Like, yeah. and, and I saw a, a sign. They were doing a like a thing on, on, on the Italian army, and there was a sign that said, Run Paisan, run. It sounds like, <laughs> You are one of us. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so, a yeah. great so, clip. Th- not my dad because my dad hated the Steelers because he was bad for business, but my mom, but my mom did, did have a connection,
1: right? <laughs> I, there's a famous clip and I believe it's before the first Super Bowl, and NFL films has it. And they're doing, sitting there doing stretches and Joe green says to Frankl, man, what is that flag? And Joe green goes, that's the Italian, the Italian flag, flag, man. Man. <laughs> the flag, man. And uh, you know, the great picture with him and Frank or uh, Frank Sinatra, Sinatra he's yeah. an honorary <laughs> member. I mean, that's just, the lure uh and all that stuff that he just he brought in like a sponge to this city. Uh and you know, then you had uh Franco's night. well then you had Lambert's Lunatics and guerrillas Gorillas. Say,
0: like every player had their own fan club. Yes. That's how popular
1: the Steelers yes. Steelers were
0: Everybody, even like the backups, even the backups yeah. had their own their own groups. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like Roy Jarella had him. Yeah. Jarella's I mean, Gorilla's. Are I that's just phenomenal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, and I feel for the, those Steeler players, Joe, I mean, because they were always very tight-knit. Uh, Franco did a lot of stuff alone, but if you ever needed them and some of the stuff that, that we put together, if you ever needed, like, more than Franco, Mel Blount was always willing to be there. A lot of those guys, they started uh, at the beginning of, before COVID, uh, I did it like three years in a row. It's be up your alley because you do it a lot better than I do. They started the uh Chuck Knoll 5K at St. Vincent College. Have you done that one yet? I, I have not heard of that. No. I think no. they're starting it back this year. Um, but anyway, uh so they, they would bring in people. Well, they they brought in uh Franco and, and Joe Green, and uh um so they were speaking and everything, and uh um Joe Green found. The uh, Houston Oilers playbook uh, Someone had left it behind In one of the, the rooms in Rivers Stadium And he had it And he and Franco uh, said What are you going to do with that man uh, And he goes what do you think He goes throw in the can man They had this garbage can He threw the playbook in the can And you know Then Chuck Noel was very proud about them They talk about that They are reminisce about Chuck Noel a lot um, And then I have a picture to this day My little boy uh, Joe Green's trying to sit him on his lap and and Franco's like, no, no, Liam, he's not mean Joe anymore. Now he's gentle Joe. He was just oh. mean Joe for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just uh, how many Steelers turn out to support one another. Uh, it's such a family. And I, I mean, not that you don't have that. I think it's pretty strong from other NFL teams, uh, 85 Bears. and you, know, you see those reunions, but maybe we're being homers, maybe we're not. But I, I, I don't see that anywhere like you do with those 70 Steelers teams. You know, they all try to stay in touch, support one another, love one another. Um, Mel Blount, I forget that, uh, kills me. I forget the name of that school that he does for the boys. Um, that, that ranch
0: he still runs. I know you're, t- I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah.
1: But anytime he is asked to have support for that, they all come running. Franco, usually the first one. Uh, and I think that's what's so special about being a Stiller fan and being a Yinzer is, um, we embrace that. And I think, I think a lot of us probably emulate that, right? Um, You have, you always share so many fun stuff with your mom and dad, your mom's Christmas cookies. And I I love it so much. And I I have that tight knit family. I think a lot of us in Pittsburgh do. And I think it's funny that our football team carries that and maybe get instilled that upon us and a a kid from Fort Dix and then Penn state and then uh, making the immaculate reception really helped to lead that
0: it's sad because these guys are not young. All those, all those guys from those seventies teams, they're probably in their sixties and seventies. Now we already lost Mike Webster and under horrible circumstances. Yeah. And I'm sure we've lost a, a, a lot more and it's going to keep happening, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I remember
1: Terry Bradshaw, I was like angry about that. Like we never should have let what happened to Webby, what happened to him? Like, it was almost dumbfounded. Like they, they should have known yeah. that they, you know. And and Mike Webster's son always comes to those Chuck Noll uh, events. The beginning of Steelers training camp, and he always speaks. And if you've never seen him, he's huge. Oh yeah, he's like six eight. Uh, it's, I'm thinking, why didn't you ever play? Not to, you know, you <laughs> why to. didn't you play? Yeah, but um, you know, um, he and uh, he's always at those events, Joe. Uh, And he sticks out because he's so massively large. He's just a large human being, Uh, and it's you know they make sure to include him on all these things they do. Uh, And I've seen Mike Webster's kid at a lot of Steeler events, and he never even played for us, but he was Mike's son, and so they've taken him in and made sure he was a part of what they do. Yeah. So Um, it just goes to show that you
0: know that bond. I. Speaking of Terry Bradshaw he basically keeps his distance for some reason. He is still upset with the team, the city. I really hope that he could embrace the Steeler nation a little bit more. Um, he said he won't be here because he's working. Um, so he won't be at the, at the Mackley reception thing. Um, but he, it seems like, it seems like he's never around for, for, for anything and he still hold it seems like he still holds a grudge. And I hope that that could be that all could be forgiven. Because I think we we I don't think anybody has a problem with him in, in with, with the no. Steelers or or <laughs> Steelers fans. I think it's just something that he got mad about many years ago. Oh okay. <clears throat> okay, yeah. He didn't get along was, with, with Noel. Uh, yeah. or and I thought that when didn't,
1: didn't they honor him? And like, he had a standing ovation and went nuts and he got emotional. Yeah. Uh, and I thought maybe then would have been a change, but yeah. Yeah. He's always been in a limelight too, but in a very different way, he's always in a studio in New York or now they have that Terry Bradshaw show. I never did watch any of that. Not, not, not because I don't like Terry. I just never really took a chance of watching it. Franco did it differently. He did it here. He stayed here. He stayed here. here. He
0: could have, he, he, he could go mm-hmm. anywhere. And he stayed. He stayed here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, It's
0: just incredible. Such a sad day, and uh, it's it's been great talking to you. And hey, we 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 mostly held it together. So yeah, give ourselves a pat in the back. (laughs) Yeah. um,
1: Not easy when you talk about that and just driving around today. I got choked up a few times just hearing some guys talk when I like I said when I could listen, Um, and that was. Last fall, I guess when he said, "How's Liam doing?" and I've been I've been thinking about it because he did that with a big finger, of his like he had those hands. Yeah, <laughs> how's Liam doing? Like nothing's mm, gonna hit you, and uh, and it just I can't believe you remember that. I can't believe you're that in touch, and you you took the time to even store that away in that memory of yours. Where you must have millions of great memories with all these people in this giant city or this big city with all these giant Steeler fans and. uh Special, special man, huge, huge, profound loss for us.
0: Cherish the time you have with yeah. people because tomorrow is not guaranteed. No, it's not. And uh yeah, we've, we lost a great one today and uh yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all, how Saturday goes and, and how, you know how how things go in in the coming days and weeks um but yeah this one this one hit hard this one hurts yep all right hey thanks thanks so much man you bet see you
1: take care